Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about how to help your kids survive the holidays. And even though I love the holidays, I love December, it's a great month, they can be kind of overwhelming for our kids. And sometimes, especially if you aren't anxious yourself, you may not get that. And you might do things that are not going to necessarily be helpful for your kids. Or a lot of times, as my kids were growing up, when they were younger, <laughs> I sound like they're in their 20s, but they're not. But like when they were really, really little, I learned from my mistakes and, um, and I had to adapt each year. And now I'm very proactive in how I plan for the holidays because I get my kids and I get what's going to happen if I don't do certain things. So want to share what I've learned on my journey through raising kids with anxiety and OCD, and also what I've learned from other people's journeys. I mean, that's kind of the benefit that I have is that I get to sit front and center in so many people's lives because I am working with them in my practice. And I also work with you guys and I hear a lot of the stories that you tell. So I'm like a sponge for information. And then I try to disseminate it and spread it again. So that's what this is about trying to make your holidays better by being proactive. So if you didn't catch my episode on how to help your kids survive big family gatherings, that would actually be a really good supplement to this episode. I made it primarily for Thanksgiving, but I talk in generalities just about how your kids can cope with really big family gatherings or friend gatherings. It doesn't have to be family. So if you didn't catch that, that was episode 93, and that could probably be pretty helpful as well. So definitely catch that one. So some of the things I'm going to tell you about are going to be really simplistic, maybe even obvious. And some things you might be like, oh my gosh, didn't even think about that. So hang in there. There might be a a gem or two in the bunch because I just listed out all the things that I think about myself and for the people that I work with when it comes up to the holidays. So the first one is pretty obvious. Well, maybe actually it's not for some of you. I know I had to learn the hard way, but don't overschedule. I am one of those people. This is, I'm actually worse for Halloween than I am for Christmas, but I will open up the calendar, like the community calendar, or I'll Google it and I'll find every activity that is going on that's related to that holiday. And I will want to go to all of it. (laughs) It's really weird because I'm really not a social person at all, but I love holidays and I love bringing my kids to like fall festivals and pumpkin farms. And if there's Christmas lights and Christmas activities, I love to go to all that. So even though I'm really not that social, I like to do a lot of activities around the holidays and I find that's too much for most of my kids. It's a little bit difficult because my youngest is a go-getter and she's go, go, go in general. And she loves people and she loves, she loves to be out and about. And so she could probably do that like forever and never be tired. But my other two, my nine-year-old, my 15-year-old, I almost said 14. I forgot that she's aged they kind of get done. And my husband is like, they're done. So they can't do too many activities. They get overwhelmed. So overscheduling is not good for most of people in my family. And actually, even I get overwhelmed. So even though I like the concept of it, 
I'm exhausted by like the third fall festival. (laughs) My husband's like, are we done with the fall festivals? This is mainly for Halloween, but Christmas is, is bad too. And so now my husband and I get together, we look at the calendar and we say, how about on this Sunday, we can go to the light festival. And then maybe two weeks after that, we can go do this. And so we schedule in advance and we spread out those activities. And that is because we know our kids need a lot of downtime. A lot of anxious kids need downtime. And so be careful not to schedule things back to back, especially in one day. That's that you're just asking for trouble. If you're like, we'll just go to my friend's Christmas party and then we'll go to like the concert and then we'll go to my other friend's party. Uh, good luck with that. If you have an anxious kid who gets overwhelmed easily, this is probably not a good plan. So watch how you schedule things. Don't go to back to back events. Um, and it's really helpful if you get like a calendar or something and write out all the events that are happening. Now I have in my kitchen, a huge calendar, one of those like, uh, whiteboard calendars. And I find that that is really helpful for my kids because every month I write down what's happening and I actually have it color coded. So I have things that are for me, like my appointments and things that I need to be doing. I write in one color and things that are kid related. I write in another color. So, and I try not to write like all of my stuff. I have my iPad for that, but it's just like a nice visual so that the kids know like, Oh wait, we're going, um, to that concert or, Oh, we're going to the festival of lights and they can see it. Now, initially I didn't even do it for them. I did it for me because I am neurotic. Uh, but then I found that my anxious kids were really liking this big visual calendar. A lot of us have digital calendars and we don't really think about doing something visual for our kids. So especially in months like December, that can be really helpful. Okay. So that's all about scheduling and planning. My next kind of warning is if you have a child who has a negative reaction to sugar, you definitely want to watch their sugar intake. So you don't want to be bah humbug and not let them celebrate Christmas in a really fun, festive way and eat Christmas cookies and do all that stuff. So if you have a child that responds to sugar in a scary way, (laughs) so my, my son like him and sugar are not friends. And whenever he has sugar, like we all suffer the consequences and full disclosure, I didn't even really buy into the whole like sugar equals bad behavior connection until I had my own kid (laughs) because my first one, I mean, she could have all the sugar in the world and her mood doesn't really change. It's not healthy, but it didn't really like impact her in a behavioral sort of way. And it wasn't until my son and, you know, as he got older and I started to be like, oh my gosh, he's out of control and then connect it to what he's eating and then watch his sugar intake. And it made a huge difference that I really realized that for some kids, sugar can really alter their behavior. So if you have one of those, I had to adapt. I love filling up their stockings with tons of really cute candy that used to be kind of like one of my things. Like I would go to a special, a specialty candy shop. My office used to be next to this place called sweeties, which is like this really cool candy store. And every holiday I would go there and I'd buy, I'd find like the weirdest candies candies were like, it'd be chocolate, but then there'd be like a toy inside the chocolate or like sushi candy. I actually just saw that the other day and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So I would fill their stockings with like these really cool, weird candies. 
and they'd be eating candy all day long, Christmas day. And by the evening, my son was a nightmare. So even though I love to do that, I have cut that back considerably. And when I have relatives that are in town, I will tell the grandma, like, please don't buy them candy. Although she does anyway, it's very annoying, but because he will just binge eat that stuff. So now I'll get like one really cute little candy thing. And then the rest are like little, little toys and stuff. So I'm not going to like manage his, his sugar intake, like it's boot camp over the holidays, but I'm not going to add to the problem by like stuffing his entire stocking with like chocolates and stuff. So watch the sugar. If you have a kid that reacts really strongly, seems kind of obvious, but I think in the holidays, you know, we forget that kind of stuff. Okay. Moving on. Another tip is a lot of anxious kids and a lot of kids with OCD who can, who can be kind of obsessive, get really upset when all the presents are gone. Now I know that can kind of sound like maybe they're bratty or entitled or spoiled, but really with our anxious kids, it's just the letdown, like the letdown of, Oh my gosh, there were all these presents and it was so exciting. And I got to open them all. And now they're all gone and Christmas is over or whatever holiday you celebrate is over. And for most of us, we can handle that shift, that transition from like super excited to then disappointed and kind of sad that it's over. But for an anxious kid, that can be really overwhelming. And especially if you have a kid who tends to be a hoarder or hoarder like (laughs) my, my middle child you know, he is a saver. He savers that he like, he's a saver and he's, he savers. <laughs> so both he savers things and he likes to save things. And when things are gone and they're done, he has a hard time with that. So what I've done over the last few years is I will pick a couple of presents and I will hide them. So normally I take one present for each of my kids and I will put them in the closet before Christmas starts. And then the next day after Christmas, I will hide them. So normally I guess what the UK would call boxing day, which I think it's cool that they have a holiday like for the day after a holiday, because it it helps with the letdown, right? So the day after Christmas, I will make a scavenger hunt for them in the house and I'll make these little notes and they'll have to find each of them will have to find their present. And that just makes the day fun. And it's something that they can look forward to because they think all the presents are gone. And then they're like, wait, mom hid one. So that's kind of a cool thing. So that's another idea. Okay. My next tip might be a little bit too late, but, um, for some of you, it might help. And I know a lot of my tips are going to seem kind of random today. They're like not really interconnected because I just made a whole list of things I wanted to talk about and give you ideas around. And so there, some of them aren't going to be really related to the others, but you really want to downplay the whole Santa is watching. (laughs) or your elf on the shelf is watching. So if you have kids listening to this, um, you might want to not play the rest of what I'm about to say in front of them because I don't want, I don't want to ruin the magic of Christmas for anybody. All right. Are we good now? Okay. So yeah, you don't really want to do that because that can be really creepy to anxious kids because they take everything very deeply and they think about things in a very deep way. And when they think that there's this thing who's watching them, it can actually impact them the whole rest of the year. So I've had many kids in my practice who have been very concerned with like Santa watching them all year long, 
Or if, if the elf can watch me, then why, why are you telling me that monsters aren't real or that dolls aren't real? It's kind of a hard sell when I'm telling kids, you know, Annabelle's not real or um, don't worry about this doll. It's not going to come to life. It's not watching you. And then they're like, well, Elf on the Shelf is. And you're like, oh, you, got a good, you got a good point there. So I recommend downplaying the whole like Santa's watching. If you're bad, you know, he's not going to give you anything. And just talk about the magic um, without really honing in on the negativity of it. That's just my opinion. Okay, moving on from there. This might seem like an obvious thing, but I'm sure many of you have been in the same boat that I have where you've bought lots of gifts and your kids have opened up the toys and you don't have the right batteries for them to play with it that day. Now, again, this might seem like an entitled thing, like, well, what a bratty kid that they can't handle delayed gratification and just wait until the stores are open the following day to play with their toys. But Anxious kids and kids with OCD who can be a little bit more obsessive sometimes can't handle those things. And it's not because they're bratty. It's because they get very fixated and they're very intense. They're intense with their excitement and they're intense with their sadness and they're they're just intense people. So you could be proactive. I always look to see, does this need batteries? Are they included? And we stock our house up with all sorts of batteries before Christmas because the only place that's open tends to be Walgreens or CVS. And a lot of times it's hit or miss with that. And their batteries are kind of expensive. So just pay attention to your toys because your kids are going to want to play with everything and they're going to be incredibly disappointed. And if you have kids with kind of difficulty self-regulating, you might have a meltdown that's going to last for hours because they can't play with their Barbie car because you don't have the right batteries. Who needs that, right? Okay. Moving on from there. You might want to give your kids some playtime Christmas morning. So a lot of times, and not always, I mean, we have a very laid back Christmas day, but not everybody's like that. So a lot of people, they open up their presents and then they quickly have to get up and go maybe to grandma's house for Christmas, or you're going somewhere else um, to church or somewhere Christmas day. And I suggest that you give your kids some time to play before you transition to your next plans, whether you're going somewhere um, to someone else's house or going to church. Um, A lot of times churches give you multiple times that you can go Christmas day and anxious kids do a really hard time with delayed gratification. So here we are having them open all of their presents and then we're saying, okay, but you can't play with any of them. Get your fancy clothes on because we have to go out now. Now, most kids can handle that. They'll be disappointed, but they can handle it. But Anxious kids will be prone to a meltdown or to some dysregulation because they can't shift and transition that quickly. So you can plan ahead and prevent that by giving a couple of hours in between Christmas morning and your next activity. Speaking of your next activity, um, this is, I, I did talk a lot about this in my episode on big family gatherings, but I'll mention it here as well if you don't feel like listening to it. But you want to make sure that you can find a quiet space for your child, whether it's at your house or the house that you're visiting, because anxious kids can get overwhelmed. They can get sensory overload. They can just get overwhelmed socially. So whether it's sensory or social or both, it's nice to be proactive and say, hey, if you ever need some downtime, 
You can go into grandma's bedroom and you can relax. And I think that sometimes bringing headphones where they can listen to music or a book where they can read in a quiet spot can be really helpful. And if it's at your own house, um, I've done this with my son before where I'll say, Hey, if you need some quiet time, you can go into my closet and nobody will know you're there, or you can go into my bedroom and you can lock the door and that'll be your space. So giving your child some place to be able to be quiet can be very helpful. I know when we were visiting my brother's house for Thanksgiving, we don't normally go away for Thanksgiving. And we did this year and it was like the first year that we've ever actually been to like a big family gathering for Thanksgiving. And it wasn't mainly my family. It was his wife's family. And so there were a lot of people that my kids didn't know. And before we even went to Thanksgiving dinner, I told my son who has the hardest time self-regulating, I said to him, look, there's going to be a lot of kids there. And if somebody upsets you, because I knew somebody's going to upset him because that, that just happens. He just can't interact with people without getting sensitive and without getting really upset. And I said, there's a quiet place. You can go outside in the backyard. There are chairs out there. So if you get upset, just come down. And because I knew the kids would be upstairs, come down and go out in the backyard. And sure enough, and I talk about this in my other episode, he got very upset and he came storming down. Maybe I think I talked about it in my other episode. can't remember. I know I talked about it in my private Facebook group. So, and by the way, if you're not in there, you should be because that is like the most amazing group of people. It's turning into a very big Facebook group. We have over 8,000 parents in there, but everyone is still super kind and respectful. So I try to make sure that everyone is kind, but I don't even have to do too much work. So total tangent, but join there, facebook.com slash groups slash AT parenting anxious kids. So anyway, he came running down, was very upset. He went out in the backyard and he calmed down. And the reason why he was probably most likely able to do that is because proactively I said to him, if you get upset, please go out in the backyard. So I gave him a spot that he could calm down. I gave him a spot where he can kind of regroup and reset. So do that. If you have one of those kids that either gets overwhelmed or gets angry, um, so that they have an escape plan to reset. And that really, really can help. So lastly, I want to talk about you And if you're going to be spending a lot of time with friends or family over the Christmas holidays and the new year holidays, you really want to work on learning to not care what other people think about your kids with anxiety or OCD, because everybody's got a pipe in and they got their two cents and they they've got their parenting advice. And sometimes it's with good intentions and sometimes it's judgmental, but regardless of where it's coming from, it sometimes can be frustrating and Maybe it embarrasses you or maybe um, it angers you. I did do a whole episode on this because I'm trying to cover all different topics that I think might impact you over the holiday season. So I did do an episode on that last week. That was episode 96. So um, that might also be a really good episode to listen to. You can just gear up for the holidays by listening to episode 96 and episode 93 and this episode and you'll be good to go. You'll be full of proactive ideas to prevent horrible things from happening. But I think the ultimate thing is you want to set up expectations for people around you. So I talk about this in these other episodes, so I'll just briefly mention them here. But if your child, you know, needs to eat a certain thing, 
and you're going to someone else's house, it's okay to bring their go-to food because you're working on their issues, but you may not be there yet. You might not be there where your kids can just randomly eat strangers' food because maybe they have food issues, right? Or maybe your child is going to get more overwhelmed than the average person. And so you bring headphones. Maybe you even bring technology. Maybe you bring an iPad and people are going to butt in and they're going to say something like, really? You know, they're like so plugged in or they might make a judgmental comment because they don't realize that your child needs that to recharge and reset so that they can go back out and be social. You don't have to explain that to people. So you, if you have expectations, if you have relatives and you want them to adhere to something or to not do something to your kids based on their anxiety or OCD theme, then I always suggest that you communicate that before you hang out with them. So email people and say like, Hey, you know, my son's going through some OCD issues right now. And so if you see him doing some compulsions, please don't, please don't tease him or please don't yeah, people to tease, right? So, cause some of you might be like, tease him. I don't know. I have relatives in my family tree, not on my side, my other side that, you know, they would tease them and I would want to set the boundaries of it's not fun. It's not funny and don't do it. So, or, you know, don't point it out or don't try to help him because we got it covered. He's in therapy and we're working on it. Whatever your comfort is, you may not be comfortable to disclose all that, But I do feel like it's good to give people a heads up if your child has behavior that's going to be very obvious and if you want to give them kind of a warning. So that's one aspect. And the other aspect is you can talk to your kids about what may be making them anxious and what things might upset them. So even going to sit on Santa's lap, that might upset one of your kids. And I talk all about that, I think in my last episode, actually in episode 96, where my son didn't want to sit on Santa's lap and was very upset by that. And then I was like, you don't have to, (laughs) but then he did because I didn't catch it right away because they had him go sit on the lap and I didn't get there in time, but then he did okay. So I didn't have to interject. So I think it's just trying to think about what things you can you can fix before you get to situations. You know, there's a lot of things when we go over to someone's house that we can foresee happening that are going to be a problem and we can fix those before we even go over there. So it's just about, it's all just about being proactive really. And that's kind of like the whole theme of this episode is how to be proactive so that you can have a good time because Christmas should be fun. And unfortunately, sometimes anxiety wants to butt its ugly head in the way and make things miserable. But if we plan ahead, we can at least limit the amount of frustration and meltdowns that our kids experience. So I hope you guys all have a wonderful Christmas. If you're enjoying my podcast and you want to give back, if you can hit a star on iTunes, I would appreciate it. There's these stars right under the podcast name. You just hit one and that gives me some feedback. If you want to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. And I'd like to end the show reading one of those reviews to show my gratitude and appreciation for people who take the time to do that. So I want to thank Manzina for writing a review. And she wrote, my son's therapist never mentioned about finding out my son's core fear. When I asked him, he did say the same. Listening to you opened my eyes. As a result, I communicate better with my son. Your examples are very helpful 
English is my second language and using the proper language to talk about his OCD has been a revelation for him and for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate it. And getting that language correct and knowing how to talk about OCD is huge. So I'm glad you're finding benefit in that. If you want to leave a review, maybe next time I'll be reading your review. So thank you for listening. And I hope you all have an amazing holiday. And don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I will actually talk to you next Wednesday for the next two weeks because we have Christmas and then we have New Year's. So talk to you on Wednesday. Take care. When I first discovered Natasha, I was in a desperate place with my son and his anxiety was getting worse and we had tried counseling and it was not going well. Natasha gave us practical tools. She wasn't like the books that we had read that were, you know, you have three kids, but somehow you can magically spend 10 hours a day on your one anxious kid and just, you know, life is great for the other two. She's helped me understand OCD on a level that no therapist I have come across seems to understand. Natasha had practical real life advice that we started implementing the day that we listened to them. Not only did it help with our son's anxiety, it helped my husband and I to recognize um, the anxiety that we had in our parenting that was actually contributing to our children's anxiety. Her tools are, I mean, life-changing. She has been amazing, and I'm so thankful for the work that she provides to all of us who have children um, who battle anxiety and OCD. It is so exciting to see him about a year later, just thriving in school. She really has guided us the whole way, and without her, our lives would be very different. Very grateful. My husband and I are forever grateful to Natasha Daniels for helping us to figure out where to even start with anxiety. If you have a child with anxiety or OCD, she is your go-to woman. Parenting a child with anxiety is not easy, and sometimes it feels hopeless. And um, in a desperate time in my journey with my son, I started searching the internet and found Natasha Daniels. She has been a lifesaver. Her resources have given me hope. They've given me tools and support, and I I highly recommend her and her resources. They are phenomenal, and they are some of the best resources you can find out there for anxiety and OCD. Parenting a child with anxiety and OCD can be a confusing and lonely journey. It can leave you feeling hopeless and overwhelmed, but it doesn't have to be that way. Join me this January as I begin a new adventure, forming a new community where I'll be walking with you, supporting you, and building your skills and confidence to help your child not only survive, but thrive. I will get to know you and your family on a deeper, more personal level. I'll be able to give you guidance based on your needs and your situation. I hope you'll join me in this next chapter and see where it can bring you and your family. We don't get to choose if our child has anxiety or OCD, but we can choose what we do about it. To learn more about the AT Parenting Community, go to anxioustoddlers.com forward slash community or get on the wait list to join by texting AT Parent with no space to 44222. Together we can do this.
she's really good and I hope I'll be like her. I have had OCD for over five years. I have trained my brain and you can do the same thing.